How we doing? That good, huh? Okay. It's going to be like that today. Can you hold this, man? It's going to roll off the table. And if you, I go too long, you can just turn it on tell me to stop. Um, Tom is out of town today. He is uh, doing some work for the college. You can be praying for him. He's trying to do what he does and raise some money for the college here so that they can have the facilities that they have. So be praying for him as he's gone and on the road. Pray that he will travel back here safely to us. Um, it's kind of the ongoing joke that, you know, Tom leaves and he always leaves me fun messages. And, and I'm being serious. I'm not being sarcastic here. Um, I'm really excited about the message that I get to bring to you today. The only problem for you and your children is that Tom decided to give me a whole entire chapter. <laughs> and so we might break the record for how many scriptures we read in a single church service this morning. So uh, if you need more coffee, it's all gone. So um, somebody told me that. So, um, But here, here we go. Um, so just as a warning, as we go today, it is a lot. We're going over a lot of stuff here this morning. And because of that, um, I'm going to cruise. I mean, we're going to go pretty quick here. So the scriptures, just so you know how this will work, scriptures will be up on the screen or you can turn to them with me. There's going to be a lot of them. I'm going to be going back and forth between a lot of places pretty quickly. And if you would like a copy of my notes, apparently, um, I, I post them usually on Facebook, but a lot of people are like, I have no idea how to get them. If you would like a copy of my notes with all the scripture references, I can give those to you as well. Um, just let me know that. You can email me or um, you can talk to me, but I usually forget. So email is a lot better. So here we go. So we're going to move quick. Uh, just as a review, we are in Acts. I believe this is part 38. I think it says on your bulletin um, of Acts, and we're only in chapter 10. Um, but we're cruising. We're, we're, we're making some headway because we're doing whole chapters at a time now, apparently. So um, th- this week is covering a pretty big chunk. But we need to review where we were last week to understand where we are this week. Last week, we have our boy Peter, the rock, the uh, guy who betrayed Jesus three times. But now, obviously, the Holy Spirit has fallen on him. And he is preaching like crazy. And, and, uh, and just insane things are happening in the church. As a matter of fact, it's so crazy that he just got done healing some people. Um, and, and that's what we talked about the last two weeks. Um, t- Tom called the, like, basically healed for action. And, and so here we have, we have Peter in a town called Joppa, and he just healed a lady named Dorcas. True name, Dorcas. I don't know about you, but I don't know how Tom kept a straight face saying Dorcas that many times last week. But that's her name. Um, very unfortunate for her, but that, that, that's the deal. So he's in Joppa, and we're picking it up in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Here we go. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, as one would do, right? Um, And said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. Okay, so here we have, we have this guy named Cornelius. That's who we're primarily dealing with today. And an angel shows up to him and says, hey, hey, I I know that you fear God. You fear God and that you have been praying to God. Okay, I've heard them. I've heard those prayers. They, 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 have, they have come to me, and I'm going to send 
Um, I'm, I'm sending somebody, but you need to go get him. His name's Peter. And he's in Joppa, which we know because that's where he is. And, um, and, and so, basically, Peter now is praying in Joppa. And this is kind of a hard story to follow, but just stick with me. I promise we'll break it all down as we go through this. So now we're switching over to where Peter is. We're going to pick it up in verse 9. The next day, as they're on their journey, because the people who are on their journey are the people who Cornelius sent. They're walking to go get Peter, okay? On their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while he was preparing, he fell into a trance. Okay, this, is, this gets weird, uh, and we're going to explain this more, but it's interesting. Verse 11, And he saw the heavens open, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Okay. I got to explain before we read there. Peter is Jewish, okay? And, 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 and if you're Jewish at this time, there's a lot of foods they didn't eat. And if you're, and if you're practicing, there's, you still don't eat these foods because this hasn't technically happened for, for you according to what your belief system. But basically what's happening here is God's saying, Peter, eat these food. Peter goes, I can't. They're unclean. And, and, and this is really important. This is very important for our text today. In verse 15, it says, And the voice came to him a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. So he's saying, eat it. Kill it and eat it. Um, there's a lot of us who are very excited, a lot of us who proof text this to eat whatever we want, as much red meat, and try to kill ourselves. That's, this is not for that, okay? Um, but, but it's saying what I have made, what, 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 what is unclean, I have made clean. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 17. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision might mean, which I would be too, this is a little weird. A sheet comes down, God makes a holy picnic, basically, and, but, but none of the food's done, and he tells him to kill it all and eat it. He's confused. I get that. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed to what the vision he had seen, he, he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius made inquiry for, Sim, for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out and to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. We're noticing a succession of three. He said this three times. I don't understand the dream. Three times, three men show up at the door. Verse 20, Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. Okay. We're, not, we're like not even halfway through the chapter yet, but we're, we're going to get through it. So Peter starts walking. He goes. I mean, angels are showing up, telling you to go, you're going to go, okay? Um, and, and so this has happened to Peter and Cornelius, just so we have the story straight. An angel has appeared to both of them. 
in a sense, and then have told them what they're going to do. So we have two stories that are about ready to overlap. Okay? We have Peter praying, and we have Cornelius asking for God to do something. Okay? All right. Let's pick it up in verse 28. This is when Peter gets there. He's now at Cornelius' house, and Peter's getting ready to talk to him, and he says this to him. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then, Why you have sent for me? Verse 30. And Cornelius said, Four days ago about this hour I was praying in my house in the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me, bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you had been kind enough to come. Now therefore we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So now we have the stories are intertwined. You see how God is bringing these two men together. They're in Cornelius' house now. And it's cool because if you read more in there, it talks about how Cornelius was like expecting him to come because the angel told him, go get him. So safe bet, Peter's coming. He gets his whole family there. He gets everybody around. They're all just sitting there waiting for him to come. Which, by the way, this is um, where Cornelius' house is. To Joppa, it's about 33 miles. So we're not just talking to walk around the corner. So I don't know how long they waited. I don't know how long it takes to walk 33 miles because I've barely ever walked a mile. Um, but apparently, that's how long it took, and that's, wh- and that's where they are. Here's where it gets fun. And, and what I mean by fun is just the meat, okay? And then I promise we're going to dissect some of this and make it all make sense, and I have two questions for you. But the first thing we need to deal with is what Peter says to him. What Peter does in verse 34 is he preaches. What does he preach? He preaches the gospel. I want to read it to you. Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, verse 39. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, the cross, Verse 40, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, and he commanded us, notice that word, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
what happens next. And, and just for time's sake, I, I won't read it, but it's a beautiful picture. Peter's sermon gets interrupted. This is the best way and I, to get interrupted in your sermon because the Holy Spirit falls. And it's like, you're good. You're good. Don't talk anymore. That needs to happen to me more often. I've been praying for that. But he goes, you're good. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. People get saved, but not just anybody here. And this is important for our story this morning. They are not Jews. At this time, really the only non-Jew that we know of in Scripture that, that has received Jesus is the Ethiopian eunuch, which chances are they don't know about this. At this point... Christianity stuck in Judaism. It has not expanded beyond that. And the Holy Spirit falls, and these, what the Bible calls Gentiles, non-Jews, get saved. And then a cool thing happens, because then they go, then Peter does, does the whole thing, like, we need to find us some water. We need to baptize some people. So he baptized them, and then the, the great thing is they go, can you stay a while, Peter? And Peter stays and trains them. It's a beautiful picture of how the church goes forth. It's a beautiful picture of how this goes out into Gunnison and what we're going to discuss this morning much further beyond that. Let me pray, and then we'll break this apart. Father God, we pray that... uh, as what happened in this story, that, that your Holy Spirit is falling, that your word will be spoken with truth and accuracy as, as according to, to your scripture, the, the Bible directs, God, I repent of anything where I have fallen short, which is far too many to name this morning. So God, I ask for forgiveness in that. God, I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that prejudice and, and ideas of what we have about people and, and, and places and things that we just in honesty are ignorant of, I just pray that you will be softening our hearts. God, uh, we, we, we say often, may your will be done, but I pray that we will be ready to receive that this morning. In your name I pray, amen. All right. I have two questions for us this morning. Two questions to break this down. I had like 30, and I broke it down to two. because And I found out that the kids were going to be in here today. So I was like, okay. So we, we don't want to have any anarchy going on in here, like any, any kids coming over and taking me over because they're hungry for lunch. So two questions. Question number one is this. Who is the gospel for? Who is the gospel for? Everyone. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, that question um, is wrong just in nature. Even in asking it, who is the gospel for, we've committed great error. So that begs the question, before we can d- discuss this more, I think we need to know what the gospel is. What is the gospel? And you may be going, I know the gospel, but trust me, um, I, I, I think we need a little better grasp on it all the time. I have kids, literally, who I, I've seen every week, and I'll, I'll go, just from time to time in small group, I'll go, what's the gospel? And they just stare at me like deer in headlights. Okay? 
The scary thing is I talk more to their parents, and they stare at me longer than the kids do. At least the kids try to make something up. So I want to refresh us a little bit. And, and write this down. If you need a scripture, if somebody says, what's the gospel? Explain this to me. And you want to be able to go into your Bible and say, here's the gospel from the word of God. Here it is. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Simplest way I can find in Scripture to break it down. Here it is. Verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Here we go. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scriptures. It goes on. But that's a short view of it. What is the gospel? The gospel is this, is, is, in short, is that this whole book points to Jesus. From the fall of Adam and Eve, when sin enters into the world, there needed to be an atoning sacrifice, something put in place for our sins. And we attempted things with the blood of goats and bulls and animals and sacrifices, but God said that will never be enough And so he sends his son in human form to walk amongst us, live a perfect life that we have not, and be our example. He is 100% man, 100% God, and he lived amongst us, and he was killed. He was not killed for being a good man. He was killed for claiming to be God. And they put him to death, and he went willingly, as Isaiah said he would. The prophet who wrote about him long before he lived. And said, he will walk among you, and he will be beaten beyond any recognition. And that's exactly what happened to him. And he was hung, as our scripture today said, on a tree or a cross. And he died. And in that moment in death, he, he took all of our sins, us, Everything on himself. It's key that we know that. That that there, he saw it all. Past, present, future. And he took it willingly. The Bible says this. It says, says, listen, nobody killed Jesus. He did this willingly. He says himself, he says, nobody kills me. I lay my life down willingly. That dude's a stud. And I'm like, oh man, like guys, that, that better do something in your soul. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, have you seen the new Robin Hood trailer, right, with Russell Crowe? Where he's like, he's like, he is an outlaw, and he's got like blood running down his face. I see Jesus standing there going like, no, nobody takes my life from me. Come on, like, you, you can nod. It's okay. I, I, if I'm the only one excited, then I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. So, right? And he says that. And, and, and so he dies willingly for us. And he is taken down off the cross and he is dead and he is buried because what we say here all the time, you don't bury people who aren't dead. He was dead for three days and he was put into the grave. And on the third day, he rose conquering sin, Satan, and death 
once and for all. And guess what? He will never go through what he went through again. When we see him again, as Revelation says, he will come back with the trumpet sound, riding on the clouds on his awesome white horse with the blood-dripped robe, with the sword and the whole nine yards, saying, I'm coming back to get my people. That's, that's like, you know, the, you know, like the pre-fight cry, you know, like you're like so pumped, like, oh, you know, I love it. Okay, girls are looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just deal. Just deal. That was a bit of a rant. Okay. That's the gospel. Shortest way I know how to put it without, I get a little too excited when we talk about the gospel, which is an okay thing. So who's the gospel for? Well, that's the gospel that we have. So we have to ask the question in our text this morning, who's Cornelius? Who is this guy? Well, we know that he is a part of the Romans, a Roman soldier. He would have been a relatively elite person. He would have had some sort of social status. Um, he was known as part of what was called the Italian cohort, which was a legion of, um, of military leaders, and he was in charge of a group of them. So he's an important guy. Something else we need to know about this is that Cornelius is not saved until the end of the story. Um, It took a lot of research to figure that out, but it's actually not that far away. If we look in Acts chapter 11, verse 14, which Tom will be preaching on next week, so I don't want to spend too much time there, but it's important for our text today. It says this. He's talking about what the angel said to him. He said, um, he will declare to you a message by which you will be saved and all your household. He's talking about the angel that came to him. He said, you will be saved by this message that Peter will be bringing you. Okay? So this is weird because we have a God-fearing man who has been praying to God and is not a believer in Jesus. Who is the gospel for? Acts 28, Acts, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 10, verse 28 gives us some insight into this. This is probably one of the key, if you had to have like just a key verse in this whole thing, this is one of them. This is Peter speaking to them, he said, and he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. Okay, you have to understand, this time, Peter's breaking law. By going and being with this guy. It's one thing for a Jew to have a Gentile into their home, but for a Jew to go into a Gentile's home is unacceptable. But God has shown me that I should not call any person, any person, common or unclean. Okay. In the Greek, any means any. It means all. It gives us some insight into this weird dream. Right? Let's, let's, re- let's read the weird dream. Acts chapter 10, verse 12. In it were all kinds of anim- animals and reptiles. This is a dream they had, the sheet coming down, Right? And birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Next verse. 
But Peter said, by no means, Lord, I have, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Are we seeing a connection to the words used here? And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Do you see the light bulb going off in Peter's head? This has very little to do with food. I mean, it does, because you have to understand, culturally at this time, basically, um, it's not a big leap to go from cultural food customs to religious customs. Because something actually that the Jewish culture has right that I think we could learn a lot from is that everything to them is holy. There is no, like, like asking Jesus or any rabbis in this time um, the question, uh, how's your spiritual life doing? That wouldn't make sense. Because everything was to them. Including food. And so the food is important. And so he's saying, listen, I've made it clean, eat. And then he comes to these people and he goes, my custom says that these people are common and unclean. And God says back to him, no. What I have made clean do not call common. This means that the gospel is for everyone. If you don't believe me, you want some verses from your Bible? Acts 10.28, we just read it and it says it. 1 Timothy 2.1. First of all, then I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. That means you should be praying for all people. 1 Thessalonians 1.8 For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. And he's talking about people, a church that gets it and is proclaiming the gospel. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Write this one down. As in this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And then one of my favorite ones, just because I love Revelation. Chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and they're talking about Jesus, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Who is the blood of Jesus for, which is the gospel? It is for every tribe, every nation. Everybody. I don't know if this is, like, somebody nod at me here. Do, do you get the point? Am I beating it home that it is for everybody? Listen, okay, um, I've been debating this one, okay, to go here or not. But I guess since I'm leaving in August, you really can't fire me. So, um, <laughs> just joking. But that was probably inappropriate. I apologize. I have an elder sitting there. He's smiling, so I guess I'm good. Um, It's cute to say it. 
but it's something else to live it. I, I mean it. Like, listen, I, I'm, I'm not against. Listen, I could really care less what you believe politically. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm really not involved in that much of stuff because I'm way too worried about the kingdom of God. Now, I'm, no, hear me on this. We need to be informed people, okay? Good things. Good things. Having things that you stand for are good things. I, I can't, nothing worse to me than a guy without a backbone, okay? Good to have things that you stand on. But listen, I remember just watching this last election, and uh, it doesn't matter who I voted for or who I didn't vote for, okay? That's not the point here. The point is this, is that um, I kept thinking, like, the big, one of the biggest topics, right, was immigration, And it was just blowing my mind, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, we need to be safe. We need to have things in place to do things right. But listen, people are trying, are running to us. And we're treating them as if they are something else other than humans. Listen, if you're in their place, you're going to do the best thing for your family you can, right? And, and listen, I, I'm not trying to get into a political scuffle here, but where are the churches across the border just welcoming them in, saying, come on in. Come to us. We have open arms. Listen, if you're a Christian and you make racial jokes, that is jacked up and sinful, and you need to repent of that. There is no place for that in the church. None. It blows my mind that we would look at scorn with the Middle East right now. Yeah, the, yeah there's some whacked out things, but listen, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, that includes people that look absolutely nothing like anybody sitting in here. Their customs may be so different. We sit here, and, and I'm guilty. Raise our hands to God. Please. Yet we look at somebody and say, I wouldn't go near them. They repulse me. You may not say that, but you live it. I do. I'm taking this on myself. That's why I'm a mess up here this morning, okay? Okay? What do you do with that? What, 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 what do you do with the fact that the gospel is for everybody? Because listen, when I said, who's the gospel for? Everybody sat here and said, everybody. But yet most of us are going to go home today and really not share it with anybody. Because it's hard. The gospel is for everyone, everywhere, all the time. That leads me to my second question for us today. What are we supposed to do with the gospel if it's for everyone? So we know it's for everybody. We, like, we, we know that. We know it's for everybody. What do we do with it? I'll tell you what you do with it. You preach it. You go, man, I'm not a preacher. You, you, then you need to start reading your Bible more. 
Tom said it best one time. He said it a long time ago. He says, every life preaches a gospel. just depends on which gospel it is. Is it the gospel of Jesus or something else? Peter did it. He did it to these people. Let's read it. Verses 34 through 43. So Peter opened his mouth. Don't you think that's great? Like, he just opened it. Like, all right, here you go, God. Do your work. It's gonna, I, I don't know what I'm going to say because I'm the guy who cuts off people's ears. So you better take over. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. He's preaching to the people who think that they have been removed. That God shows no partiality. But in, every, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right and is, is acceptable to him. That word acceptable, that can be interchanged with welcome. They are welcome into the kingdom. Verse 36. And for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of what he did both in country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. He preached the gospel to him. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, we find ourselves in this interesting thing where, where the, we live in this pendulum world where either we swing into the area of preaching too much, which I don't know if there's really such a thing, or too many good works, which I don't know if there's really such a good, that, too much of that. But we usually don't have a good mix of the two. We need to have both. We need to have deeds in a sense to show this, this is making an impact. If we say, yeah, let's go get the nations, and we all just sit in here, what? That's hypocritical. We say, yeah, go get, the, go get all Gunnison with the gospel. Tom, go. It's not it. Where? Where do you preach the gospel? Right here in Gunnison. Listen, um, you have a pretty ripe mission field. Let me just go ahead and throw that out there. Statistical fact, because I'm a geek like that and I do things like this, um, chances are right now there's more people walking around City Market than in here. Okay? We got a ripe mission field. You preach the gospel here. You live the gospel out right here. Here, you preach it out when you're skiing, when you're riding. You preach it all the time. You preach it at your doctor's appointment. 
You preach it on vacation. I mean, have you ever thought of instead of like, man, let's go somewhere where we don't see anybody? To, let's go somewhere where we can share Jesus as a family. I bet you your kids are going to remember that more. That's something that's been pressed in my heart recently as my wife is pregnant, which, by the way, I bet you've never seen a pregnant woman sing like that. Yeah. Seriously. I don't even know that's possible. Everywhere. Everywhere. Your state... Colorado um, is a, it's a mixed bag. It's all over the place. Our nation. Yeah, God loves this nation. He loves a lot of nations. He loves this one too. And he wants his gospel to go forth here. And in the world. Everywhere. I want to share something with you that was literally life-changing as I studied this text. Cornelius was not saved, but he was crying out to God. And what was God's response? Verse 31, Acts 10, 31. This is when Cornelius is saying what the angel said to him. Cornelius, your prayers... Your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. You have a man who does not know God crying out to him. And God says, I heard. I heard you. The next verse, he goes, send your boys to go get Peter. Peter's my answer. He's going to come proclaim it to you. Verse 34 and 35. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. This is pretty crazy. I want you to, I want, I want you to grasp it. There are people crying out for God to show up who are worshiping him in pagan ritualistic things that they have no idea what it may even be to yet they don't have the name of Jesus proclaimed rightly to them and just as Cornelius was sitting there and it says that he was a God-fearing man and God heard his prayers. And listen, this blows my mind. It literally like, boom, like gone. That He wouldn't just show up himself and say, here I am. But no, he appoints his people. Get that. You, you you're the plan. It rests like... I want to say this correctly. I don't want to jack this up. Okay, God's going to do it whether you move or not, okay? But he wants you to be part of it. And he really, really, really is calling his people. Listen, there are people in Gunnison crying out, and they have no idea what they're crying out to. And God is calling you. Listen, and this, this is personal. He is calling you to someone. 
I don't buy it that he is not calling you to anybody. That is just not true. If you claim the name of Jesus, he is calling you to someone. Tom said it last week. You live to proclaim the gospel. That's it. If you didn't, he would take us away and we'd be done as soon as we accept him. There's no other reason for us to live. Paul says it the best. To live is Christ, to die is Cain. Listen, if I'm here, it's for him. If I die, I'm with him. That's his life. That's his passion. That's our passion. That's what we're about. That's who we need to be. He is calling. And it should break our hearts with the fact that somebody, I believe, in this community is calling you. And for some of you, for some of you, and like, listen, I I understand I'm asking something great from you. You need to leave Gunnison. You need to go. That's, that's hard for church leaders to say. Because, well, we like having you here. We, we, we love you. Some of you are being called. On the back table, you can grab one. So help me if I find any of these laying on the floor. I will find you. I will fingerprint it and bring it to your house. Um, There's these sitting on the back table. There's an organization called the Joshua Project. Amazing. And if we get through the website, write that down. What they do is they examine globally people who have never heard the word Jesus, or any form of it ever. This is the map of the world. Okay? I hope that wasn't revelational for you. Okay? Everything that's red is unreached. Everything that's red is unreached. Which means there's nobody there, and if there is, they need help. Proclaiming the gospel. From their website, there are roughly about 7,000 people groups in the world right now who have never heard the gospel. Ever. Never heard it. Which totals to 2.75 billion people people globally 2.75 billion and listen i I understand that we're a media age people where numbers just kind of roll off that don't let that roll off listen i'm praying that somebody today is called to afghanistan I'm praying that somebody in here is called to Tibet. To places where if you say the word Jesus, you get killed. Because they exist. And you know, I can't help, I can't help, but notice the discrepancy between how green our country is, which means churched, and how red 
the Middle East is, and then how much I turn on my TV and how much negative I see about how much we should dislike these people. We should not be a people that dislike these people. We should be a people that our heart breaks, that the sheer fact that the gospel is not going forth. You are greatly mistaken if you think a political regime of any sort will fix anything. Jesus is the prince of peace. He is Lord of all. We are solely dependent on Him. Let's stop worrying about what other people think we should worry about and worry about what He worries about and worry about His people. I would be remiss if I didn't say this, and I know many in here may disagree with me. Heaven and hell are at hand in this. It's what's at risk. I know people in this church that are going, I, I know that the Davises are going to the Maldives. Try to point that out on a map. You can't because you can't see it. Um, it's in the middle of the ocean off the southern coast of India. Our friend Allie Page She's been there. She's seen stuff. We got, we got Christian motorcyclists trying to do the same thing. Listen, there's not a lack of options for you. You can do it. Matter of fact, I believe you're called to it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm closing because I'm just rambling now. Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And, and I'm going to pray that, and, and this might be weird for some of you, but I'm, I'm not really that concerned about that. I'm going to pray that God will give you visual picture in your head of who you're called to. Listen, if you get a picture and you're like this person, and you know they're sitting at home right now, get up and go to them. Maybe it looks like a nation. Maybe it looks like a country for you. Maybe it looks like a people group and you have no idea where that is and you need to dive in that more. Maybe you'll sit here and go, I have no clue. And that's fine. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. God's recently done that in my life and it's jacked me all kinds of up and down. Okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to be up front Um. Uh, and, and I'm going to ask, and I know I didn't, and this kind of whim, but um, Allie, if you could be up there, and then um, Jason, Kim, and then any of the elders, um, if you guys could be up front. And if you just want to talk to somebody about this and, and say, I don't know what, what this looks like for me, or any of that kind of stuff, but when, when, when the worship team plays, if you guys could come up, and then if you just feel called that you just need to pray with somebody about that, or even just talk about that, if you just need to grab somebody and go, help me, no resources that exist, We'll get you plugged in. If, you, if you're sitting here going, I, okay, I'm called to Gunnison, which we need that, then talk to us. Let's help get you plugged into something. Okay? Let me pray.
Father God, just settle into our hearts right now in, in, in just a way that only your Holy Spirit can. God, uh, I pray over these people right now that you would give them just creepy divine revelation of who they're called to. God, we are people that are hopefully willing to go. And if we're not, I pray that you break us of that. God, I, I, me included, I repent right now of any prejudice or any idea about a certain people group or, or, or anybody who I've, I've thought negatively of. And, and man, it just reveals my heart, God. And I pray that over our people too that we will be clean of that. I pray right now, God, maybe that you're sending somebody in here to those people that they hate the most to break them of that or that you will surround them with those people. God, I, I, I pray for Gunnison. I pray that you will raise up your church, capital C, not capital B as in Bethany, but capital C as in church. And that this town will know your love by our love for one another. And that we can go forth in this with power and confidence, not by anything we do, but by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you'll be raising up somebody right now to go far, far far away from here. God, I, I pray protection on them now in advance. God, I pray for the people that won't understand. The parents that will be calling me this week to say, why did you tell my kid to go to Afghanistan and share Jesus? God, I pray for those who need to preach the gospel even just in their own family. Give them strength because I know at least in my life that might be the hardest place to preach it. I would rather go off to some place that is scary than preach it to my own mom. God, uh, just do what you do. God, let us take these maps home, put them somewhere where we look at them every day and we just pray for these people. And we pray for the people that are going. We pray for the persecuted and the martyred. Revelation 5, 9, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and by your blood 
you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Amen.